John, how much do you know about artificial intelligence? Yeah, enough to be dangerous. Enough to be dangerous. <laughs> Isn't AI going to kill us all, take over the world? That's all I know about it. Hi, and welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire co-founder John Cook. We're coming to you from Seattle, where we get to report each day on what's happening around us in tech, science, and innovation. What happens here matters everywhere, and every week on this show, we talk about some of the biggest and most interesting stories in the news. Coming up later on, we're going to test our AI IQ. How much do you really know about artificial intelligence? And frankly, how much do John and I know? I looked at the first question in this quiz, and I got to say, it stumped me. So we'll talk about that later on. Are you optimistic about your prospects, John? I'm going to kick your butt like a robot. There we go. There we go. Nice little new uh, high-tech version of smack talk. I love it. Okay. But first, for me, the talker of the week, the story that I just could not stop thinking about and discussing with people was the outage of Amazon Web Services and the impact, more to the point, that it had. I covered this story, and I think it was one of those tech stories that really just becomes top of mind for people way beyond the tech world because of all the services that went down. What did you think of this? And what does it say about how much we're relying on Amazon Web Services? I mean, people couldn't trade stocks. They couldn't buy Adele tickets. Amazon packages were going undelivered. Drivers were singing karaoke in the delivery stations because they couldn't go out there. I mean, this was remarkable in terms of the demonstration of the influence of AWS on our lives beyond just mere websites? I guess my reaction is I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. And it's good occasionally to have things grind to a halt. <laughs> what a contrarian take. That's <laughs> like, what do I do with that? I don't know I don't what to know. do with I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, I was like, so what? So you couldn't get Adele tickets in 24 seconds. True. Remember how you used to have to get, well, not Adele, but maybe, you know, Rolling Stone tickets. You had to go wait in a line for 24 hours to get them. So just deal with it, people, and, you okay. know, slow your life down for a little bit. Now, if there were critical infrastructure yes, that was shut that's down the issue. and that's people's, the issue. Uh, you know, oxygen was shut off, then, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little overkill. But people not being able to get their packages in... 30 minutes versus three hours, who cares? Okay, number one, on that point in particular, that is a critical issue for Amazon. And you could say that maybe it's more trivial in the scheme of things, but this particular holiday season is already suffering from the supply chain bottlenecks that everybody's dealing with in the economy. And here you have Amazon making all these investments to try to keep up and only to really shoot themselves in the foot here. One part of Amazon shooting the other part of Amazon in the foot. But that's business and it happens and point taken. I was having a Twitter direct message thread with Corey Quinn, who has been on the show in the past. He's the cloud economist at the Duckbill Group. And I asked him, I said, where does all this leave us? What's the alternative? What, what happened to redundancy? Where are we going to be if the cloud breaks down? And, and one of his points was, with all this centralization, the risk is that all of the hospitals break down simultaneously. And 
not just hospitals, but he was using that as a proxy, I think, for critical services. I think that is the risk. If all of these services are putting their eggs, their instances more specifically, into the Amazon cloud and apparently all of them into this one region in Northern Virginia that suffered all these problems, which frankly, I think is a big part of the problem. They aren't, they aren't using the regions and multiple cloud providers in the way that they could to provide redundancy, but that's very difficult to do, which then makes it Amazon's problem. That said, to me, when you get into the realm of critical infrastructure, that's where these things really matter. And it does speak to the hybrid cloud of using multiple clouds. So you don't yes. get into these scenarios. So you do have that redundancy. And it also speaks to something I've talked a lot about as it relates to Amazon, that the thing that will take Amazon down is that it implodes because all their systems are so big and the company is so decentralized that something is going to get mucked up there. That's why I'm saying I'm surprised it doesn't actually happen more often and that it's 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 a scenario we are living with more frequently. So I don't know. I guess it, it didn't surprise me, uh, didn't impact me. And and it seems like they fixed it relatively quickly in the grand scheme of things. Now, I know everybody wants everything done in seconds or minutes when something like this happens, but that just seems unrealistic. Cloud outages are nothing new. This happens all the time. But the way that this just rippled through the economy to me showed the extent to which AWS is just an underpinning of far more than we could have ever expected. I mean, for goodness sake, John, you could not see the images of the items that you were going to be ordering at the McDonald's drive up. I mean, come on, what kind of world is this that we're living in? You could still rely on that muscle memory to get the Big Mac though, and still be delighted <laughs> under the That's golden right. arches. All right. Later on, we're going to be talking about more Amazon news from the week, the release of the company's new Halo View health tracker. But first, coming up next, we're going to test our AI IQ. You're listening to GeekWire. Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. You're listening to the GeekWire podcast. John, how much do you know about artificial intelligence, do you think? Yeah, enough to be dangerous. <laughs> well, the folks at AI2, the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence, enough to be dangerous. <laughs> Isn't AI going <laughs> to kill us all, take over the world? <laughs> well, That's all I know about it. Well, researchers at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence came out with a new literacy quiz for artificial intelligence. So we had the idea to take this quiz on air, not having looked at it, except for I looked at the first question, as I mentioned, and I, I am not sure if I'm going to be able to do this quiz. Not sure how this is going to turn out. Maybe we're bo we'll both flunk, but maybe the audience can play along with us and see how they do compared to us. So there's 20 questions. Now we'll see if we can get through all these, but according to the story by our colleague, Alan Boyle, 
only 16% of test takers scored a passing grade of better than 60% on the quiz. So we have our benchmark, John. Okay, we can do this. Question number one. Artificial intelligence is capable of thinking for itself independent of human beings. Our choices are true, false, or don't know. I I was going to say true. No, it's false. How do you define thinking? How do you, am I thinking it through too much? You're overthinking it. Do you ever take a, you know, any sort of quiz or tests in college? Yes, you're right. Okay. (laughs) It's false. It's false. Okay. So in fact, that one's false. All right. Question two, question two, AI technology can independently drive a car at the level of a human driver. Well, Todd, as you know, having been a uh, automated car when we were in Pittsburgh um, under the Uber empire at the time, I know this to be false. All right. False. Correct. Good job. Only 26% of people answered this question correctly. I will say that there you seeing the response. It says this questions correctly. I wonder if a bot wrote this quiz. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> it's not grammatical. All right. Smart speakers like Alexa use AI technology. Now see, this is a, to me, this comes down to definitions a lot. How do you define AI technology? I mean- Like, are they listening to what we're picking and then recommending something based on those choices? I would say no. Right. And so you're- adopting there a machine learning style approach to AI. In other words, they create an AI model from learning from a large data set and then apply that to new information. Is that what you're saying? Or are you thinking of AI technology like replicating the human brain? I hope we're not delivering a lot of misinformation here. So you would say no. Uh, This one's a little bit of a stumper for me. Uh, Smart speakers like Alexa use AI technology. I mean, I would think that they do in some way. I'm well, not okay, certain, yes, okay. but, but. So they use natural language processing. The broad definition of artificial intelligence in some ways, I guess, would be replicating the human senses. So Alexa is listening and speaking. We need Oranetzioni on here clearly yeah, to, to school yeah. us on this. I'm what are we going to choose on this one? I chose true. I just chose true. So I All know right. the answer. I'll stick with you on that. Correct. And 78, that was our, that was my hardest one. And 78% of the people answered it correctly. Yeah. Okay. Again, to your point earlier on the college test, we probably are, we're probably over. Yeah. Got to go with our gut. Got to go with our gut. An AI program can defeat the world champion of chess in a match. Wasn't this the Gary Kasparov thing a long time ago? Well, what, what was the, what was the game? What's the, Chinese game Go, right? Uh, Go, Alpha Go. So we know. Yeah. AI beat the top Go players, right? Right, right. But I don't know if that applies to chess. I'm going to say true. Oh, yes, correct. It is true. So only 52% got that right. Well, okay. So we haven't missed one yet. Go is a much more complicated game. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Go is more complicated than chess. Yeah. AI can write its own software programs at the level of a novice human programmer. I, I'd say true on that I'd one. I'd say true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, incorrect. 
Huh. Well, so, this is a big area of investment and interest in venture capital. In fact, Todd, didn't you write about a startup this week that's kind of getting into this arena and tell us? Kind of low-code, no-code programming for, for AI. Their concept is to use human knowledge to create an AI model versus large sets of data. In other words, the human is transferring uh, information and, and insight and teaching the machine what okay. to do. We missed that one. Question six, AI technology can enable banks to spot credit card fraud. I think that's true. Yeah. True. Pattern recognition. That's, that's been going yeah. on forever. Correct. All right. Question seven. So we got that one right. When someone selects a show recommended by Netflix, they're engaging with AI. I I would say true as well. See, again, I would say true if you define yeah, that's fundamental true. machine learning as AI. Yeah. Correct. 45% of people got that. All right. right. We're kind of in a, in a realm of different industries they're looking at here. Question eight. AI technology can analyze checks x-rays with equal or better accuracy than a resident level radiologist. I think this is true. Yeah, I think it's true as well. Correct. Correct. Question nine. All right. The way AI learns is by consuming large amounts of data. I think it's true. I'm, I'm yes, a little thrown off by learns. The word learns. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, We're going machine learning. That is it's all about learning. the data. I mean, that's the whole yeah. idea. Yeah. Data is the new gold Correct. or oil. Correct. Question 10. When someone unlocks their smartphone using face recognition, they are using AI. That's true. Correct. And again, it's this replication yeah, of human senses. One. I think that's true. Of course. Facial recognition. Okay. Correct. All right. Yeah. That's true. Hey, we're doing pretty well. AI can translate sentences into another language at the level of a human translator. Well, Ooh. I thought it I, I think that's I think true so these too. days. Um, but are they going to get the nuance on slang? I mean- Again, it comes down yeah. to definition at the level. What does that mean exactly? So I'm going to say true. I was going to pick false. Oh, incorrect. I, yeah. You because should pick false. You Get aren't going to pick up me. on so, some sort of weird slang that a translator could. I, I don't think it's 100% accurate. Yeah. So the question was, AI can translate sentences into another language at the level of a human yes. translator. So that All is right. false. Question 12. Okay. AI can understand cause and effect. For example, if I heat water on the stove, then it will boil at the level of an adult human. I, I, I think that's false. Uh, I think you're probably right. Only okay. 25%. And that surprises me. Only 25% so AI, got that one right. So in other words, it's saying AI cannot understand cause and yes. effect at the level of an adult human. Hmm, okay. Question 13. AI can accurately identify common objects in an image at the level of an adult human. Common objects, I would say yes. Oh, but at the level of an adult human? I mean, I'm a common say, object. And, they, and then we should say in the image on the survey, they're showing a coffee cup, which I, I assume AI can yeah. okay. pick out the difference between a coffee cup and a fan. Right. Okay. I, I agree. I'm with you. Right. Okay. So you're saying true. I'm going to say true, but I'll probably get it wrong. What are you going with? We got I, I already picked true, got so it. I know that the answer is correct. <laughs> So AI can accurately identify common objects in an image at the level of an adult human. All right, question 14. Should we power through here? Let's do it. AI can accurately detect someone's emotion from a photo at the level of an adult human. Emotion? I'm going to say false. I'd say, I'm going to say true on this one. Oh, yeah. you were right, John. 
it's false. So AI cannot accurately detect someone's emotion from a photo at the level of an adult human. Okay. Question 15. AI can accurately detect someone's emotion from a conversation at the level of an adult human. I think we're in the same ballpark here. I mean, there's a lot of AI as it relates to voice interaction with people, especially in call centers. But as we all know, not emotion. Like right. when I start yelling at the automated assistant on the right. other so the f- end, you know, yelling at them to get me a human, <laughs> they're not picking up on that. That was correct. All right. So the first iteration of this was in an image. Now this is in audio. We're saying that AI cannot detect human emotion at the level of an adult human. And that is correct. AI cannot do that. Okay. And now we're doing it with text. AI can transcribe a conversation from audio into text at the level of an adult human. Now, Todd, this is something we use a lot at GeekWire because we transcribe a lot of our, (laughs) or we have AI bots transcribe a lot of the interviews we do. I got to say, I'm I'm better at it than the robot, aren't you? Yeah. My favorite example of this, um, John, I have a friend who's a pastor at a Lutheran church, and I recorded one of his sermons once and ran it through a machine translation. And when he said amen at the end, the translation from the bot was, oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I told my friend, maybe he should go with that. Anyway. Well, the question is, AI can transcribe a conversation from audio into text at the level of an adult human. So I'm saying false. Right. Correct. I think this is false. So only 11%. Only 11% of people. Got that. Doesn't that surprise you? Wow. 11% like think that AI is better at transcribing than a human? Well, I well, if you think about it, people are speaking into their phones a lot, telling Alexa things a lot. I don't know. Maybe they think that speech recognition is better than it actually is. It's not. I mean, we as I said, we use a lot. It's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's far better than it was even three years ago, but it's nowhere near what a person can transcribe. Now, the person also takes about three hours to do it. And the the AI bot does it in about three minutes, but there is that. All right. Question 17. When someone uses an app like Facebook to tag a photo, they are engaging with AI technology. I think they're providing a potential ingredient for the production of AI. Does that mean they're engaging with the technology? Just the action of tagging a photo, I don't think is engaging AI. I guess unless they're, they're right. yeah, you're activating the data that then they're going to use to send me more images of the same type or what right. have you. So this is, a, this is a tough question. In some cases, the Facebook or the, another program might present you with the image based on its understanding of what it is and ask you to confirm it. But in terms of tagging a photo on it, I'm going to say true though, that when someone uses I'm, an I'm app like say true to too. tag a photo, they're engaging with AI technology because- correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That we didn't really like the way Correct. that question huh. was worded, but we both uh, got it. Question 18. When someone sends a text message with their smartphone, they are using AI. I'd say false. Uh, false. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. How would that be AI? That's correct. That is false. Okay, good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We're doing pretty good here. I'm really su- actually kind of surprised. Question 19. When someone turns on their smart TV with the remote control, they are using AI. I think that's false. I mean, just turning the TV on. False. I guess smart TV, are they trying to throw okay. us off there? That's That's got to be false. Correct. Correct. That's false. And question 20, question 20 of 20, we've made it to the end. 
AI technology is versatile, and a single AI program can perform many tasks, such as auto-completing sentences, controlling robots, etc. A single AI program can perform many tasks? I don't think it's single. Let's see. AI technology is versatile, and a single AI program can perform many tasks. No. I think it can perform one task. Right. Right. Well, that's generalized AI. That is the future, but I yes, don't think that's true too. today. So I'm going to say false on that. Correct. Only 6%. Whoa. Only 6% of people answered that question correctly. Wow. Okay. Let's generate our scores. We were pretty similar here, Todd. So I got 85%. And I was at 95. Very good. All right. So we are AI wizards. Clearly. Where's our trophy? Now, what sort of data have they collected on us that they can now, you know, pose these questions to target us and pose questions to us us in a more complicated (laughs) manner next time? Well, that's, that's fun. That's a fun exercise. It is. It is. I think some of the questions could have been phrased more clearly let's say. It seems like, and this was a survey conducted by the Allen Institute, which is based here in the Seattle area. I mean, what's the takeaway here? I I think think their bigger message and their bigger point is AI is in its early stages. It doesn't control as much of our planet and world and lives as you might think. That's kind of my big takeaway based on the questions and how they are phrased. That's true. And from Alan Boyle's story on this, we also know that the thrust of this initiative is to make sure people are AI literate so that as this technology becomes more and more pervasive, that people know what they're dealing with, they can interact with it in healthy ways. And also at the policy level, that governments and legislatures are making the right decisions based on accurate understanding of what the technology is. Yeah, absolutely. They actually want an AI literacy program to be introduced, which I have no problem with that. I think we need literacy around a number of issues, including AI and everything else. So bring it on. (laughs) Well, apparently you and I could teach the course, John, or at least maybe you could with your 95% score. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that is the AI2 quiz on artificial intelligence literacy. We will link to that from the show notes on the GeekWire podcast. Coming up next, we are going to go up close with Amazon's new Halo View health tracker. Welcome back. You're listening to GeekWire. This is Todd Bishop with John Cook here at GeekWire HQ in Seattle. This week, Amazon released the second in its line of Halo devices, its new Halo View health tracker, which differs from the first Halo device, the Halo Band, which did not have a screen. And I published a review this week on GeekWire. And John, I left for you on your desk both devices, knowing that you're not exactly a fan of putting anything on your wrist or any other kinds of wearable devices I thought it might be interesting to illustrate one of the points from my review by having you try out each of these devices. So I'm pulling them up right now. The audience can't see these, but I've got them both in my hand. Let's start with the one that does not have a screen. This is the Halo Band. This has the felt felt band. Yes. Do you want me to try this on? Try it on. See what it's like to, to put on your wrist. Yeah. To sort of get a feel for the comfort of it. The first thing that stands out is that it's it's a little odd that the mechanism of the device kind of faces inward towards your wrist. So it really just kind of looks like a decorative band. So the fabric, the fabric covers the whole thing. It matches my sweater. I like it. 
It does. It looks good. It looks good. So the whole idea here was that this was merely a sensor. Um, it has a microphone in it. It's listening as we speak to your tone of voice, John. Well, actually, that's not true because it hasn't been set up for your voice. But this is the Halo Band. This is the somewhat controversial device that came out last year from Amazon. I, I wanted to put it there in part just to give you a sense for what it feels like. Okay. And then the other device is the new Halo View. And this is the new health tracker from Amazon. So it's the second device in the Halo family. It just came out this past week. I've been testing it. John, I want you to experience what it's like to attempt to put the Halo View on your wrist. It's hard to put on. It's weird how the the excess band curls up on the inside. Yes. And I can't seem to get it on. It's certainly not as easy to get on, Todd, as the original device. Yes. So that is the default sport band that comes with the Halo View. And I have to say it is, I believe, the worst band. It's, it's terrible. I, 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 you know, I read your review uh, and I, I knew where you were coming from on this, but this is the first time I've tried it myself. And it, it's not easy to put on. It's very difficult. And you're using both hands. Let's be clear. I mean, you're not like holding a microphone or anything. You've got both hands trying to, well, obviously you're not using the hand that you're putting it on with the wrist, but I mean, you're fully, yeah. Yeah. And so there's put the it thing on. now, put it underneath. All right. Let me try it this way. You got it. Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, the bottom yeah. line and your point of your review and I now having experienced this myself and this is not contrived folks. If it was easy to put on, I would tell you such. Yeah. This is hard. It's not easy. It sucks. The whole engineering is such that you end up putting the excess band, the remainder of the strap that happens after you attach it underneath the rest of the band. It's, I'm having a hard time describing it precisely, but it's instead of like looping it all the way around on the exterior, you loop it underneath. And when it was new, John, it scraped against my skin. It pulled on my skin. It's gotten a little bit better as it's gotten broken in. But in terms of overall design, quite possibly and almost certainly the worst watch band device, health band device I've ever experienced. Uh, well, I have on them both on now. And I, I got to say, the original is much easier to put on and much more comfortable. So um, I, I agree with your assessment here. Now, putting the band on itself is probably not the big technical challenge or issue here. So the Halo View, the big difference between the two devices, obviously, is one has a screen and one does not. And I really, in many ways, have come to like Amazon's Halo service. I have been using the Halo Band for the past year, and I'm going to upgrade to the Halo View. Now, this is a review unit that you have, John, on your wrist that I've been trying out. That gets returned to Amazon, but I've actually separately already purchased the Halo View and... I've ordered a fabric band to go with the one that I purchased for myself. That costs an extra 30 bucks on top of the $80 retail price for the Halo View. But to me, Amazon is doing some really smart things with its Halo program. And my favorite, frankly, is the simplicity of what they call the activity score. You know how most people are tracking their steps day to day? I mean, that's sort of the way they keep track of whether they're being active. This activity score is really cool because yes, it takes into account how much you walk, but it also takes into account the intensity of your exercise. It tracks your sedentary time and it actually subtracts points if you're sedentary for too long. And overall, 
I've found that the measure of 150 activity points for a week, which is sort of their baseline, hey, are you getting around enough, is a really good tool. It, for me, is just about the sweet spot. It's doable. It's certainly doable, but you've got to really make a point of getting out and exercising. And it's been very motivating for me over the past year. That's just one of the things that Amazon is doing with this Halo service. It's gotten a lot of controversy over the past year for some of the privacy issues, the microphone, the body scans that you can do. Both of those are optional. But for me, I wanted to get the new Halo View in part because I really like the the Halo service. So convince me I should get it. Somebody who hates wearing watches. Nope. It's a non-starter. Nope. I don't think you should, John. I'm not even going to try. If you're in the market for this type of thing and you're looking at different trackers, you're maybe a Fitbit user who's had a Fitbit device for a few years, you're ready to upgrade. I think it's worth considering the Halo View or the Halo Band. The one thing though is that Amazon is not yet quite as mature in terms of its own service and the way it integrates with other types of health services. There are some integrations, but just as an example, with Fitbit, you can get a scale and have it integrate with the app. And there's lots of interesting accessories. And you can even set it up to where it connects with your Peloton. And when you do a workout, you end up getting that detailed health information integrated into the Fitbit service. Now, the nice thing with the Halo View is you can tell it, hey, I'm going to be doing cycling now. And so then it knows that. But it's not the same level of integration with specific exercise programs that you would get with a more mature service like Fitbit. That said, I I like it. I like what Amazon's doing with the Halo. All right. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com and sign up for our daily email newsletter to receive all of our stories. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the GeekWire podcast wherever you listen. Our podcast producer is Kurt Milton. Our theme music is by Daniel L.K. Caldwell. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire co-founder John Cook. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.